0: This call is being recorded. You are locked on Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I uh, hope everybody's been enjoying the last couple episodes. Obviously, we're trying to pump out some great stuff here for you guys as the weather's getting warmer and sadly, you know, most of us kind of cabin feverish. Um, but look, either way you slice it, the draft is coming uh, 15 days away or so. Um, it's not going to stop here. Um, Excited to have this guest here. Always great to sit down with uh, from the Athletic Dane Bruegler here once a year. Um, uh, coincides with uh, Dane's uh, draft guide dropping here earlier today on Tuesday. So if you're not, you know, part of the Athletic already, uh, maybe it's a good time to get a membership. Uh, check uh, Dane's promo code to get to it, or if you're just looking for the draft guide, and I do highly recommend it. Go ahead and get on that. Uh, so without further ado from the athletic, Mr. Dane Brugler, Dane, first and foremost, uh, how are you and the family holding up?
1: You know, it's uh weird times. That's for sure. It's, it's, you know, for me, I, I actually usually quarantine myself in the month of March. Anyways, uh, as I work on the guy, I finish it up. I'm, you know, watching tape and working the phones. Um, but with a three and a four year old at home, it was definitely, definitely different. And so uh, you know, hopefully everyone's, staying safe and staying sane as, as best they can. I, it's just such a weird time. And uh, I think it's having the NFL draft here coming up here in two weeks, That, that I think that gives us something to look forward to at least. And so hopefully people can check out the draft guide and help get you prepared for that.
0: Yeah, and even I was just you know talking to my mom yesterday, and she's like, oh, well, you know, what's this. And I was like, mom, you've never been through this. This is like <laughs> summer vacation, but nobody's allowed to do anything. You're not allowed <laughs> to go to the beach. You're not allowed to go swim with your friends. I was like, stop. You've not been through this as a parent, you know, because every parent always thinks, obviously, they know mm-hmm. a little bit better. Um, and obviously, God bless, uh, God bless Mrs. Brugler, as uh, she's been going through <laughs> this this March here. Um, d- just before we get into some players and positions here, with the way this is going to work out here, and some of it almost seems like a little – You know, like almost extreme, like, you know, you're not allowed to have anybody in your house, which of course makes great sense here. But Mm -hmm. obviously people are going to go to any length possible. I'm not really sure how they're going to police that. But we're going to put it in the most important people probably in NFL organizations right now, Dan, are the tech guys or the people who are in charge of this stuff and trying to sit down and explain to a 65, 66-year-old general manager, well, this is how Zoom works. And God forbid there's an issue. This is what we're going to do to reboot it. I mean, this is going to make for a really, really crazy just the selection of players this year.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's it's something that, uh, you know, Coach Harbaugh actually talked today about how he's a little worried about uh, hacking and, you know, things like because it's not like everyone's going to be at the facility where there's going to be, you know, the firewall and all that. Everyone's going to be at their house where you just everything's a little more open to um maybe some technical uh, issues uh, whether it's from hacking or just you know things happen so uh, yeah it, it's it's really fascinating and you have to wonder are we gonna see less trades this year just because it's going to be tougher for uh, you know teams to be on the same page talk things out submit the trade uh, you know talking to other teams uh, there's just be so much going on and communication is going to be essential and um, you know, there's a reason when during the draft, all these teams are huddled up in one room, the war room, so they can talk these things out and plan accordingly. This year is going to be totally different, and I no one knows what to expect. Um, and it's it's really going to make things even more interesting on draft weekend.
0: Uh, it's exactly. I mean, because you know the you know a lot of the amount of time you're going to have. Um, obviously, you're going to have to do. Leg work, and that's the great thing obviously with you know round one then obviously two and three and then we get to uh you know the madness that is day three um you gotta assume there's got to be a lot of leg work done but you know by the time you know first night closes till you know the opening bell rings so to speak for the second night and vice versa from day two to day three it's going to be a lot on here and it's just going to be it's going to be crazy how it all works because the thing is is you know even if you step aside to go to some sort of meeting with someone within your inner circle, you got to make sure you still got the connection to go back. All right. Well, we're talking to Baltimore here. All right. Wait wait a minute. I lost him. Uh, Now I lost the Ravens and all right. I guess we're just going to make a pick here guys, because by the time I figure this out, we're going to lose our time. So, I mean, it could end up being crazy. And even like you said, I mean, even with bandwidth, for God's sakes, the way things are going on right now, you know, somebody's home, they got three kids and their wives are on the phone. You know, I mean, they're sucking up all the internet and the juice in the house. It's gonna kind of, it's gonna kind of create mm-hmm. for some interesting scenarios because <laughs> it's not like yeah. you can tell them to go anywhere because that's the other right. thing, guys. Here's the money, go out have a lovely dinner on me. You can't do that. So <laughs> exactly. exactly. Everything
1: with it. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's crazy, it, and, and, if, when, and for uh, for teams, you know, it's you try to have the framework of these deals in place ahead of the draft. Um, you know, if it's in the Browns, if they're you know they're talking with. Say they're talking with a team about a potential trade back scenario where they move to 18 and they pick up a, a second round or a second and a fourth whatever it is um you know like that they they work through all these scenarios and have them in place so you know you're not really you know you shouldn't be in a situation where you're trying to decide on the fly you're already having these conversations you're already talking about the deals and potential compensation so it's something that you try to do as much homework as possible uh, any year when, when it comes to the draft and your your trade strategies, but even more so this year.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it here. Um, getting to the player side of it here, uh, you know, obviously the Cleveland Browns handled one big obstacle here with the free agent signing of Jack Conklin. Um, there's still another piece to go here on this offensive line. The question I have for you, Dane, as far as this and as far as the prospects here and certainly what could be available at 10 is, you know, Kevin Stefanski's offense, obviously, it, it it loves, loves for, obviously, the athletic offensive linemen, I especially the tackle position. But even though some of the t- tackles in this class, whether it's an Andrew Thomas, you know, whether it's Wills, these guys did test as good athletes. And I think that's some things that people are missing here. Obviously, there are a bunch of guys, whether it's Works, whether it's Cleveland, there are guys who tested. So my is, Elite wear to Tom a Wills. That or is it really more trying to bank on the athleticism and the old coach him up, so to speak?
1: Yeah, and, and like these these guys, I think it, I'm glad you kind of pointed that out. How um, and I think how Tristan works as athletic as he was, I think that kind of overshadowed a lot um, because these guys all tested fairly well. Um, you know, talk about the Big Four. Um, with Jedrick Wills and Werfs and Becton, and Andrew Thomas, and even the the tier after that with Josh Jones, and Austin Jackson, and uh, Ezra Cleveland. So um, there's this this track certainly has different options at the tackle position, and I think it just comes down to to preference. Um, I know some teams in the league prefer uh, Jedrick Wills, some prefer Tristan Werfs, some prefer Beckton, some prefer Andrew Thomas. That's just how it is, um, and. Different players bring different strengths, obviously, and it's no different with these four tackles. Uh, and I think you could make a, a case why the Browns would be more interested in one over the other. Uh, you know, with worfs. obviously, he tested off the charts. Uh, but you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't be a shock if they preferred Beckton or if they preferred Wills. Uh, you know, each player offers something different, and there's certainly value in that. So. Uh, you know, with uh, me personally, I'm a Jedrick Wills guy. Uh, I, I have been since you know Thanksgiving uh, when I bumped him up to my offensive tackle one in my rankings. Um, I haven't wavered on that. I think he's he's the best tackle I've I've scouted um, it, over the last year. Um, biggest concern might be he was a right tackle only uh, going back to high school. So, do I think he can play left tackle? Absolutely. All the t- skill is there. Uh, the talent. But in terms of uh, projection, that's it's an unknown right now. We just haven't seen him do it. And not having the pro days, the workouts, uh, it's an opportunity. Uh, it's a missed opportunity for Wills to show that uh, he's capable of that. Unfortunately. So, uh, and it's uh, the opposite with the other three guys. With Werfs, he played both sides. Uh, Beckton played played both sides. And Andrew Thomas was a freshman All American right tackle before he moved to left tackle. So Wills is the only one of the four that has that question mark. And maybe that could be the difference in him going, being the first tackle drafted or the third tackle drafted.
0: It does always, you know, it it brings up, you know, it brings up the toughness and the uniqueness of it. And, you know, obviously when you hear some former offensive linemen, like they, it's like, look, it's not as easy. There's some who like to say the stock answers, obviously, Andrew Thomas, Hey, it's just a mindset thing for me. Um, But obviously he had experience at the high school level did the same thing through college. You know, he talked about that a little bit yesterday with Jordan Reed. Um, but so my question here is, though, it, you know, there's some maybe rumored interest in Javon Kinlaw, which obviously is going to be some sort of first-round pick here. Is is the risk for these athletes later, that second tier, like you said, Cleveland, Jones, Jackson, is the risk worth it there? Or with a class like this, and now you've been trying to fill this Joe Thomas Hall now for two years and solidify it, is the risk worth it, or is it more of a, hey, this is what this draft is known for, offensive tackle play, just go ahead and put that that one to bet at 10?
1: I think that the Browns could be faced with just a fascinating scenario where they have to decide between uh, taking one of their top tackles on the board at 10 or trading back, adding uh, draft capital, uh, some type of day two pick, uh, with their eyes on drafting a tackle somewhere uh, in the eighteen to twenty-five range, and you're running the risk, and I and I and I believe that player would be Ezra Cleveland. Um, I think, you know, last name aside, which would be just you know awesome, obviously, but um, he the way he tested, um, everything about him, I, I think that the Browns actually, I know the Browns are interested in Ezra Cleveland, and so um, it just comes down to. You know, are they willing to move back and a trade away from one of those top tackles at ten, and then B gamble a little bit that Cleveland will even be there for them? Say if they trade back to twenty-four, you know that you get a little nervous about a team snatching Cleveland right in front of you, and then all of a sudden you're you know kind of scrambling to figure out okay what do we do? So there is risk involved there. Um, Me personally, I'm staying put at ten and taking the taking the best tackle uh, and feeling great about uh, my offensive line moving forward. But with the way that, you know, the new Browns regime uh, you know, they, they are looking to acquire assets through the draft. And with that, uh, you know, I, I would not be surprised at all if they tried to make that move down, add a tackle later, and then add another day two pick either this year or next year. Um, I think that's certainly on the table. Um, I would not do that, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns ended up doing it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, you know, pretty, you know, well-written. I mean, every possible chance they've had to talk with Ezra Cleveland in any possible fashion, they've taken the time to go ahead and do that. Um, Granted, they've met, you know, and, and spoke with, you know, most of the tackle class, but I mean, that's due diligence. But, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're holding pick 10 and you're essentially spending a lot of time talking with somebody who may be tackle five, tackle six, tackle seven, whatever, you got to believe, you know, there is some, uh, you know, whether smoke, there's fire, so to speak, on that one. We're going to get to a little bit more here from the athletic, uh, Mr. Dane Brugler. Obviously, guys, the the draft guide is out now and available. So something to get you through here the next 15 days here. Get yourself all ready for the draft. Uh, Small businesses take the hit here. Uh, my friends over at Zabo Apparel, obviously they're somebody that's going through it here now with, you know, obviously the country in the shape that it is here where everything's shut down. So small businesses, you want to do a favor, you want to do something good, you want to buy some gear, check out Zabo Apparel as Brian's family, uh, military family, two kids actively serving great family, great product. ZaboApparel.com, uh, on Instagram, on Twitter at Zabo apparel with only three defensive tackles currently under contract, which would be into 2021 game. Um, there's obviously some interest there where they want to uh, look into that position as well here. Um, the question is though, it's, it's an interesting class. It's a different class. Um, if you're not attacking it in round one, can you find a functional piece that maybe you can take now and say, even though he may not be already year one, that's okay. Or, is it's a tough group because um, I think it's heavy up top. And then, you know, maybe there's some guys, you know, late, maybe day three, you like pass some possible potential, but it's, it doesn't seem to be a big, big in the middle to t- defensive tackle group.
1: No, I, yeah, I don't think it's a great class um, at the position. And Eric Brown, obviously at the top, uh, and then Kinlaw right after him. Um, Kinlaw, I think uh, talent wise is right there with Eric Brown, but, He's got some injury stuff, and um, you know that that's something that could hurt him a little bit. Um, I, I do like that second tier. We're talking about Marlon Davidson. Um, you know, he could play that jumbo defensive end position. He could kick inside as three technique. He could play either. Uh, give you that position versatility. Uh, Ross Blacklock from TCU is another one who uh, can come in and give you that versatility inside or outside. Lakeham Best is a three technique. Um, Justin Matabuke, same thing from AM. Um, Blacklock and who I think are both second rounders could be in play, uh, for the Browns second round pick. Um, Jordan Elliott, um, I, I think he's probably more of a late two, early three. Um, so maybe in the mix in the early third, uh, for Cleveland, he's a guy that is talent's not the question with him. Uh, just oozing with talent. It's just a matter of getting it out of him and, you know, from a snap to snap basis, um, I, but then after that, there's you see it start to drop off. Uh, you know Neville Gallimore, the, the individual traits are great. It just doesn't always equate to full production um, on a consistent basis. Um, Raekwon Davis, more of your uh, run stuffer or rotation guy. Uh, James Lynch from Baylor, uh, ridiculous production uh, at the college level. Uh, I think he's more of your... Your three technique, um, uh, he's just yeah, – I'd be shocked if the Carolina Panthers uh, don't draft him. Matt Rule has a has a huge crush on uh, on James Lynch. I uh, was able to uh, flip him from USC and Texas to go to Baylor. And so uh, those guys are pretty tight. Would, would not be surprised if he ends up in Carolina. Uh, Devon Hamilton from Ohio State, he's squarely in a day-two mix. Um, that's, that's the top 10 defensive tackles. I think there's uh, even more of a drop-off after that. I do not love the the day three options at the position. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think when you talk about the, the weaker positions in this draft, uh, defensive tackle near the top of that list, uh, there's there's some quality talent. But uh, once they get snatched up, uh, there's kind of not much meat left on the bone, uh, especially when, after you get past those first two tiers. So I think in the second round, uh, that that's definitely a spot to keep a uh, defensive tackle in mind for the Browns if they want to go in that direction.
0: Very interesting. So forty-one, possibly the uh, you know more of the the way to go if you're actually looking on somebody who's going to be you know more of a longer term option for Cleveland. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, and I guess I go to everybody with this question when we first get to him where do you put him, Dane? It's not like, you know, I think the thing is everybody's so in love with the versatility, but with talking to some other guys at like Matt Bowen or whatsoever is you need to know what he is first, before you start even delving into the moving the player all over the place, because you don't want to hit him with so much, especially with the way this all season could work and, you know, with lack of OTAs and stuff like that. I mean, you're going right into it, possibly going right into a training camp the last thing you want to do is give this kid so much that his head is already spinning 10 times more than it is going to be because he's a rookie. What do you do with Isaiah Simmons? Is he a linebacker? Is he a safety to start?
1: Yeah, and I think that you look at how Inventables uh, uh, used him at Clemson. Um, they, they put a lot on his plate because one snap, uh, you know, he's, he's blitzing the next, he's covering the slot receiver, Um, They they just ask him to do a lot, and I think that's part of what makes him such a a dynamic defensive player. Because there, it's the pre-snap deception. You don't know is he going to spy, is he going to blitz, is he going to cover? He can do so much. Uh, He's a four-down player, and I I think that deception pre-snap is what makes him uh, a part of what makes him uh, so productive. So yeah, I I don't. I think that if you're drafting him, you need to do so with the expectation that you are going to be creative with him, um, you know, on uh, you know, early downs, it, using them as the linebacker, um, sub packages, asking him to blitz, asking him to cover. Um, having a plan in place is important, but I think that, you know, you, you're drafting him with the expectations that you, you are going to put on, a lot on his plate, and I think that's what you'd expect from a top 10 pick, and so I think he's capable of it because, again, Venables asked him to do that a lot uh, in Clemson's defense, and he he answered uh, fairly well, so uh, Simmons is going to be uh, really interesting to see where he comes off the board. I think the Lions at three will be interested. The Giants at four uh, are going to be interested. Um, and then if he gets past those two, then you're looking at Carolina, you're looking at Arizona, uh, and then even Jacksonville. So I think there's a lot of landmines for uh, him to get through for Cleveland to even shut up.
0: Yeah, for me, and I keep going back to I go back to the Giants. Obviously, Gettleman loved what Saquon Barkley could do on the offensive side of the ball. You go back to what Dave Gettleman did for you know a long time in Carolina. He wanted athletic chase linebackers. Um, acquired a bunch of them. It makes sense there. Um, you know, obviously, the tackle position would be an interesting one for Gettleman as well. But you look at Simmons, and you know, you look at the possibility of you could get that exact Uber athlete who can do everything on the other side of the ball with some of the work they've done on the defensive line, obviously they've invested in the secondary uh, for me, I think the giants at four and which is kind of why I tell Brown's fans, I I, I think we're arguing about this for no reason. Cause I don't think there's ever going to be an option that he is there at 10, but then there is this year thing. They just let two uh, linebackers walk. So I'm not sure how much they are truly invested in the linebacker position with letting two guys walk. So if they let those two guys go on, I don't know how you're going to 10, and then all of a sudden, we'll know we're really invested in linebackers, so we're going to spend it on a guy like Isaiah Simmons. So I'm not sure that would be, even be the way they would go anyway. But they still need linebacking help here. Obviously, Mac Wilson ended up playing a ton as a rookie, whether he was ready or not. Um, so You're going to hope that experience is here in year two. You don't know much, uh, obviously, about Sione Takitaki. Did not get to see enough of them here. You bring in Goodson. Obviously, you kind of understand what Goodson's role is in this league. But they're going to need some help. They're going to need some guys that can run around. And luckily, this did test pretty athletically.
1: Yeah, Sorry, you were breaking up there. For a well, well, you repeat that question?
0: Uh, just talking about uh, Cleveland's interest and in what they're going to do with the linebacker position. Because obviously, they moved on from a couple of guys here. So thinking even if Simmons was there at 10, which I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to be, it's something they were going to spend that high of an investment on. But they need help in that room. They need help in that group. And the group did test athletically. Where can they get some of the this help? Can it be, you know, with those picks in the top one fifteen? I mean, is there anybody late in round six that maybe could be around as a sleeper?
1: Yeah, you know, and I think that the day two has and this linebacker class doesn't get enough credit. I think it's a, it's a sneaky really good year to, to draft some linebackers. Simmons has talked about the most obviously at the top. But, I mean, Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray, Zach Bond, those are three first first-round linebackers. Uh, each has their, their holes. I mean, Kenneth Murray, he can be late to sort through some things. Uh, he's more of your run and chase guy. You want him in space. Patrick Queen's so explosive, uh, but he's short-armed, a little smaller than you want. Zach Bond was a more of a designated pass rusher. Uh, and so there's, but he, he's not going to be a designated pass rusher in the NFL. He's gonna be a stack linebacker who you allow to rush in, you know, certain nickel, uh, formations, but you want him in space and he has the athleticism to do it. Uh, but then on day two, it's a really interesting group. Uh, Akeem Davis Gayther from app state. He's kind of your discount version of Isaiah Simmons. Uh, just, you know, tall, long, he can run, uh, Jordan Brooks from Texas tech. Uh, he has range, uh, tested well. Malik Harrison's one of the from Ohio State's one of the best run defending linebackers in the draft. Uh, my guy Logan Wilson, who I don't think is talked about nearly enough. He's a guy who never played linebacker before he got to Wyoming. He was a corner uh, in high school. He moved to linebacker at Wyoming and had over four hundred tackles, three time uh, team captain. Uh, I think Logan Wilson is a guy that could end up being a steal uh, in the third round. And then Willie Gay from Mississippi State. Uh, miss most of the year with, uh, some, some discipline stuff. Uh, so if the character checks out, this is an explosive player, uh, both with his range and both when he arrives at the ball carrier, he will declete guys. So yeah, this, this draft I think has some really good options on day two. If you don't get that linebacker on day one, and then even on day three, uh, you know, a guy like, uh, Davion Taylor from Colorado, who former track guy, uh, Marcus Bailey from Purdue, who was a top-five linebacker for me in the summer, uh, but now he has two ACL tears, one to each knee uh, on his resume. That uh, could knock him into round, th- round uh, four or five, which could end up being a steal for a team. Um, and so I think this draft, uh, when it comes to linebackers, there's certainly value, I think, at each you know, first day, second day, and even into day three, it stretches out a little bit. So um, I- I'm feeling good about answering some of those linebacker needs if on the Browns.
0: Yeah, I, I, the group is, I think, growing on everybody as this process goes along. And it certainly helped, obviously, with the way they test and with where we are here now. Look, I mean, you know, even if you're a good team, even if you're a bad team against opponents you're playing with, the amount that you were nickel and dime here, and it's such a paramount to have these guys to be so athletic and you know Malik Harrison the one thing watching him was well well, you know I mean really you know guy's really thick he's really put together and then you go see the three cone he put up and you're like well you know what never mind that's going to ease some concerns here obviously he moves around a lot faster than I think he does uh you know do the fact that you know just because stature wise he looks a little bit thicker so certainly an interesting class there Uh, I'll just close (laughs) the safeties here before we let you go and I know it's a busy time for you um between what was supposed to be the Grant Delpit class and a whole bunch of safeties. Otherwise, uh, Winfield has obviously had a uh, obviously had a very very nice draft process to this part. Um, the the agility and the testing was maybe to able to alleviate some concerns you had with the fact that he's obviously not the ideal size. Um, then there's Xavier McKinney, and it seems the closer and closer we get to April 23rd here, Dane, these two smaller schools, Chin and obviously Kyle Duggar, it seems these guys just continue to close the gap between what was the top three. And it seems that they're closer together as far as the top five.
1: Yeah. And I'm not even sure what to, what to make of, uh, because this safety class, I don't see a first round safety in this group. uh, Me personally, Um, I I think that there's, there's talent. Um, I like Xavier McKinney he's a really good run defender. Um, He has some athleticism and coverage, but spacing it was a consistent issue. Um, throwing the South Carolina tape and you know, tell me that he can cover uh, because he, he struggles in that game, um, just that, that off the top of my head. Um, you know, you mentioned the small school guys. Jeremy Chen, I think he's going to be a guy that really uh, intrigues uh, with his ability to uh, – his range, his athletic skill, his production in college – uh, yes, it came at a smaller level, but uh, this is a guy that didn't look out of place at the Senior Bowl. Uh, certainly uh, tested well uh, among other athletes at the combine. I think he could be in play uh, for the Browns' second-round pick, Kyle Duggar's. More, he's a little different. Um, I think he's some teams have on the board as a linebacker. Um, you know, he's more of your uh, box guy who could cover tight ends, cover running backs. Uh, you don't necessarily want him as a, a single high. Uh, Delpit's tough. Uh, I, I, I graded him as a mid-second round pick. Um, the tackle issues are real, and yes, he was banged up. But tell me, I, I watch his tape and these missed tackles, and tell me how a, a gimpy ankle is making you miss these tackles. Like it's just, it's something that will be a real issue for a lot of teams, um, and so that that's certainly going to affect him. And Antoine Winfield, I, he's the toughest one of of them all. Um, I, there's so much to like about Antoine Winfield. The size is tough to get past because he's, it's not just the 59, but it's the short arms. It's, uh, you know, there are times when you know, watch him on film and he's just getting boxed out by, uh, by receivers and he's not able to impact the catch point because he can't, can't reach it. Um, he just, he's totally outmatched in that, in that area. So I think he's, he's instinctive. He's a ball hawk. He's going to get his, he's going to make some plays. I'm more worried about the plays that he's going to give up because of that size. Uh, it's going to happen um, against the NFL size. So, um, and then I throw Terrell Burgess in there as well. I, you know, have to mention him. I, a big fan of him in the third round. <clears throat> uh, his uh, his ability to understand the relationship uh, between route combinations is so is so uh, savvy for a player who's just a one year starter at, at the college level. So, big Terrell Burgess fan. Uh, this safety class. It's tough to figure out. I you're gonna and I just mentioned what, like seven safeties, uh throw Ashton Davis in there as well. You talk to different people and you're gonna get a crazy different order um with those seven guys uh with you know different people at different safety at the top and then you know how we, how you stack them up. So there is no consensus on the order these safeties are gonna come off the board.
0: And when there's no consensus and you can nobody can agree upon saying, Oh, well he's safety one. That probably adds to your credence of, I'm not sure if there's a safety that goes round one. Uh, it should just be that black and white, and it should just be that simple. Um, you know, We've seen with other positional groups over the years here. Uh, Dane, it's been a pleasure. Um, always a blast. And obviously, I know you're extremely busy this time of the year. Again, guys, uh, if you subscribe to The Athletic, go ahead, uh, check out uh, Dane's page there. Um, you got a promo code to get yourself uh, to the guide. Um, if you don't, uh, I suggest you do, or you go ahead and at least get the guide here. Something to carry over for the next 15 days. And while you're FaceTiming or holding your own Zoom conferences, watch which you can look a little bit more intelligent. But don't use up too much bandwidth. You got GMs in front of offices trying to get the jobs done here, guys. Uh, Dane, to you and the family, uh, stay blessed. Uh, stay safe. Okay, buddy? Uh you too. Thanks. And with that, we'll put a bow on this one here. Uh, this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.